one 9646 the number anytime to get a hold of Savannah. Help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. We'll get to mydisabilityquestions.com and an amazing tool called the Injury Calculator in just a little bit. Uh, returning this week, Savannah Terry Corcoran is here, who's uh, recently retired, like, a decade ago from the he's got his 10-year chip from being out of the insurance business right i uh, yes i am now a recovering claims adjuster right. yep you're ten, feeling better 10 years sane yep we, we got uh, lots of stuff for uh, terry to answer today savannah but uh, you got some week that was cases that have come by your desk yeah yeah and let's cool. jump uh, right into it so there was a case that i had mediated and uh, resolved about a week just over a week ago and it's a very interesting case, so I can't go into too much detail because it's confidential. There was a settlement, uh, and it was a very, very good settlement uh, in relation to the issues that we were dealing with. And it arose from a car accident a few years back. Uh, my client, who's a lady in her 40s, uh, who worked in the construction industry, uh, was uh, rear-ended by another vehicle and uh, suffered some injuries to her back, uh, to her shoulder, uh, as well as a whole variety of other types of injuries. But these were the main dominant injuries to her neck and to one of her shoulders. And she needed surgery subsequently to both her shoulder and her neck. Now, uh, remember we talked about this before, when you're in a car accident uh, and it's somebody else's fault, you're entitled to um, compensation, both from your insurance company as well as from the other... The tort claim. Uh, the tort claim yep. against the other driver's insurance company. And when I mean compensation, I mean uh, different things. So from your own insurance company, you're entitled to medical rehabilitation benefits, income replacement benefits if you can't work. Uh, from the other uh, driver, uh, driver's insurance company, you're entitled to pain and suffering damages and a whole slew of other types of damages depending on what you can prove. Now, she was receiving income replacement benefits from her own insurance company, Accident Benefits. At some point, she was cut off. Surprise, surprise. Now, she also had short-term disability and long-term disability that she tried to access, and she was getting short-term disability. She had short-term disability for 17 weeks, and then she was supposed to apply for long-term disability. Lo and behold, they cut her off after 15 weeks, Okay, two weeks shy of Mm -hmm. the... Um, uh, 17 weeks that she was owed under the policy. So, of course, we started claims against, you know, all three insurance companies, the accident benefits insurer. Actually, sorry, there wasn't a claim against them, but we were disputing the fact that they cut her off benefits. We had a claim against the other driver's insurance company. And, of course, we had a claim against uh, the short-term disability Mm -hmm. slash long-term disability insurer. And this culminated in a mediation Uh, just over a week ago, where we resolved all three claims. And we resolved all three claims because we had a phenomenal mediator and because the insurance companies came to settle these claims. Okay, And this is an important point, important to understand, and I'm going to ask Terry about that later in the context of other issues we're going to be discussing. Insurance companies, for the most part, if they see a claim and they understand that they have exposure, meaning that there is a very strong possibility they're going to be forced by a court down the road to pay the claim, they are interested in trying to resolve these claims. They're not in the business of fighting these claims indefinitely. It's expensive, right? So they came to that mediation and we resolved the claims because we had a good case, legitimate case, and these insurance companies were willing to fork out money, a lot of money, to try and resolve these claims. So, you know, what's the lesson out there for people? It's very, very important to understand that when you are injured in an accident, you may have different types of insurance available to you, and it's important that you access all of the various types of insurance. And so you want to make sure that you do that, and you need legal help for that, for the most part. Otherwise, you could be missing on things. 
And if you are cut off or denied that insurance, whether it's accident benefits or the other driver's insurance companies putting up a fight or your short-term disability slash long-term disability insurer doesn't want to pay, again, seek legal advice. Give me a call, email me, let us take a look at your claim. And that's what happened in this case. And we resolved it with all three insurance companies. Nice. It was a long day, but it hmm. resolved. So that's the lesson here. You're not on your own. Make sure you contact us. So at the very least, we can give you the advice you need to understand how to proceed. one 990 is that number. What else you got going on, pal? Uh, there is an interesting um, gentleman that contacted us. His name is uh, Matthew. And he was uh, in a car accident back in July of this year uh, up in Barrie. He was a passenger. This is important here. He was a passenger. Why is it important? Because he was injured fairly severely, as I'm going to go into in a, in, in a minute. But because he was a passenger, no one's ever going to say he was at fault here. Okay? There's a question, of course, that we have to investigate, which we always do. Was he wearing a seatbelt? Right. No reason to believe he wasn't, but that's important. If you're injured and you're a passenger and you weren't wearing your seatbelt, you're going to get dinged down the road. Okay? Right? Up to about 25%. So if, for example, you're... Uh, your damages are worth $100,000, you could get dinged up to 25% of that for contributory wow. negligence, okay? But anyways, that's not the issue here. So he's a passenger, so liability or fault is not an issue here. Mm -hmm. The driver of his car lost control of the vehicle, uh, and the vehicle hit a ditch, and the car flipped twice. 911 was called. He suffered fairly severe trauma. He has a fractured neck, uh, and apparently, psychologically, he is not in a good state because he was actually transferred to the psych ward. Wow. So, you know, we're going to be speaking with him in more detail. But again, you're dealing with a very severe accident. People, you know, this is this is the season, right? I mean, we're entering the winter season. Uh, you're going to have these kinds of accidents happen. They yeah, happen, you know, outside of winter too. But very important to understand that, of course, you have to deal with the medical side of it. Of course, you have to make sure that you get the treatments, the diagnosis, whatever is required medically but don't neglect the legal. And if you know it's a family member, uh, it's a friend, if you're listening to the show and you know someone who could use this help, who could use the legal advice, again, we're not going to force anyone to do anything. We're here to give this legal advice. But if you know someone in that position, contact us or tell them to contact us. You know, John, you give out my email address, my phone number, the various websites we have. Tons and tons of people contact us, and we contact all of them back all of them, and we make sure we give as much information as we can. And what those people choose to do with that information, that's up to them. If they want us to help them to take that extra step, we can do that. But as long as they have the information they need to understand how to proceed and how to enforce their legal claim so they can get maximum compensation under the law, we've done our job. Lots more of the Insurance and Injury Law Show coming right up. The number one 888 and help at the insurancelawyer.ca as well through email. Lots more of the show coming up. Short break here. Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. one 990 is the number to get old Savan and the members of his firm as well. Uh, the Insurance Injury Law Show continues. Email is help at the insurancelawyer.ca. Let's touch on the, uh, the injury calculator because I just mentioned it. Right? right. It's an online tool. It's fantastic. We created it a few years ago. It's been used thousands of times. And all it is is it's a database of cases from across the country, across Canada, where people with similar injuries to what you have suffered potentially, let's say you were in an accident or you had a slip and fall, you suffered a broken back, a concussion, broken ankle, something uh, that you think somebody else is responsible for. You know, they weren't clearing the ice or somebody hit you and T-boned you when you were driving or rear-ended you. 
you suffer the injuries, you want to know what am I looking at in terms of compensation for pain and suffering. That's what that tool does. It's free, takes you about 15 to 20 seconds, input the information. You're not putting any identifying information. No phone number, no, no name, nothing. At the end, after you click and tell the calculator what kind of injury you suffered, the calculator goes through that database of cases and tells you other people in your circumstances who've suffered similar injuries, this is what courts generally awarded them for pain and suffering. But remember, it's only for pain and suffering. If you want to know more about the effects on your income situation, out-of-pocket expenses, a whole bunch of other types of things that could be applicable to your case, at the end, you can click for a consult, and then I get that email, and then we talk, and I'll give you a more in-depth analysis of what you can ex- be expecting to get. There's also a fight for my LTD.com as well, which is cool. This That's one's quick right. and easy. Yeah, it's very quick and easy, and a lot of people who have been denied or cut off long-term disability, they want to understand and know really quickly, do I have a case or not? You know, these are not difficult cases to assess. Uh, Again, every case is specific, but if you go on that website, fightformyltd.com, you'll see on the right-hand side five very simple questions. It'll literally take you 10, 15 seconds to answer, uh, and you click Submit. I'll get that email, and we'll tell you, do you have a case or not? Sometimes I'll need some more information. If you're a unionized employee, I may need to look at the collective agreement. Uh, But, you know, generally speaking, it's not difficult to assess these cases, there's obviously a lot of facts. It's Each case is fact-specific. But generally speaking, I can tell quite a lot from those five questions once I get those answers. one 990 is the number anytime. Email is help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. It's good to have uh, Terry back in the show. Terry, it's been some time since you've been here. You spent a very long time in the insurance industry. So your knowledge is uh, is quite wide on this one, so we'll get right down to some questions. I'll ask you a few, and Savannah will uh, ask you a few as well. You can sure. expand on these. Uh, advantages for applying and for getting CPP disability. What do you think? Well, you're going to have to apply for CPP anyway. The LTD uh, company is going to uh, require you to apply for Canada Pension Plan. And um, it, the definition change on the long-term disability, you guys talk about it yep. a lot. After two years, completely new definition of disability. Well, the CPP disability test, the way that they're assessing whether you're going to get it or not, that definition they're using at CPP, it's as strong or in some cases even stronger than in a lot of long-term disability contracts. So if you get approved for Canada Pension Plan, it's going to be extremely difficult for that LTD insurer to dispute your eligibility to anything under their uh, policy once CPP approves you. So you're basically saying, hey, look, if the government says I'm disabled, how come you don't? Yeah, yeah it kind of boils down to wow. that um, with, with CPP anyway. Right. Cool. Now, John, I have a question for Terry, but before I go into it, I really want our listeners, particularly those that haven't heard you before, uh, just understand where you're coming from. Because in your days, having worked for the insurance industry, you would have been on the other side of where I am sitting right now. Yes. So maybe just tell us, give us some context of where you are coming from, what is your experience, how long you've been doing it, and don't name any names for the insurance industry, but perhaps (laughs) give us uh, a sense of uh, the breadth of your experience. I spent 35 years on the disability side, uh, started out as a claim adjuster and moved my way up through the industry. I have sat on committees that work with Canada Pension Plan to resolve issues, and I have seen an enormous amount of change in the industry, Mm -hmm. and not a lot of it, I have to say, is good. 
there is a sense of fairness that used to exist then, and I don't you don't see much of it anymore. It's really sad. Sense of fairness in what way? Uh, sense of uh, fairness in the way that they manage their disability claims. It used to be that you would treat uh, a claimant as sort of like a customer. Makes but, sense. They're paying, and, right? Generally. Exactly. And but nowadays there is it, the focus is all on the bottom line, not on the claimant as a customer, and it makes a huge difference in how you're getting treated out there. You know, it's really interesting you say that because uh, it's happened to me more than once that I have had off-the-record discussions with insurance lawyers, a lot of whom are friends of mine uh, because I used to work for Mm -hmm. insurance. And, you know, we will be sitting and talking about a claim that we have together. And I'm looking at them and I'm saying, really? Really? I mean, this is what your client did? And that lawyer would roll their eyes and say, I know. Listen, here's what I'm telling you on the record. Here's what I'm telling you off the record. Off the record, let's resolve this. On the record, yeah, here's the argument I'm supposed to be advancing. So, (laughs) and it's unfortunate because these insurance policies are supposed to be safety nets. For these yeah. individuals, yeah, there's a degree of unreasonableness that's kind of developed that really, really concerns me. It's the bottom line. It's just yeah. you know, they don't want to pay out, and you're trying to get them to pay out, right? Yep. Now, Terry, let me let me uh, ask you this: from your perspective, having been on the insurer sides for all these decades, are there other considerations people should be mindful of regarding CPP disability? Yeah, actually, well, first off, if if you're insurer is offsetting the cost of living portion of your CPP benefit, pick up the phone and call Savan. They are not permitted to do that. It would be very exceptional circumstances where your LTD insurer would have the right to take that cost of living increase money out of your hand. Uh, The other thing about CPP disability though, Savan, is that your CPP retirement benefit, the one that's going to kick in at 65, it's based on your contributions to CPP. Now, if you're sick, you're not working, you're not contributing to CPP. But what CPP does if you're on dis- disability with CPP is they use a special calculation, an algorithm that's going to reduce the penalty that you're going to be uh, assessed for those years where you weren't working and contributing. You'll actually get a better CPP retirement benefit if you're approved for CPP disability. We'll take a, a short break in that regard. Terry, more with you. We'll get to your emails as well. That is help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. The number anytime, one 990 This is the Insurance and Injury Law Show. Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. 1-888-990-9646 and help at theinsurancelawyer.ca if you want to find out what the pain and suffering portion of your claim should be. The real number, very simple, injurycalculator.ca as well. So, man, we'll get to an email. I'll throw this at you again. It is help at theinsurancelawyer.ca in that regard. Comes from Gregory, says, I've been on LTD for almost two years and was denied CPP disability. My insurer says that I'll be cut off LTD at the two-year mark, which is coming up in about a month and that my CPP disability denial proves that I'm not disabled. Can they do that? My uh, doctor says that I'm not ready to go back to work and won't be for quite a while. No, Gregory, they can't do that. And it's funny because we just finished talking about that, uh, you know, CPP disability and the fact that it's to some extent a different but perhaps a more onerous test than LTD uh, that uh, Terry was speaking to. Uh, Look, you're approaching the two-year mark, and I find this in my practice when people contacting me, 
oftentimes are contacting me because of that two-year mark. And what is that for people who haven't heard this before? Generally speaking, in the majority of LTD policies out there, the question, the uh, criteria you need to qualify for um, for LTD within the first two years of being on LTD is can you do your own job? Can own you do occupation. your own occupation? It's yep. called the own OCK period. Uh, and, you know, at the two-year mark, the contract of insurance, the LTD policy, specifies that the criteria changes. It's mm-hmm. no longer can you do your own occupation. It's can you do any occupation for which you're suited for by training, education, or experience. And what happens is that in the majority of cases that I see, the insurance company, the adjuster, comes out and says, you know, we don't think you're going to qualify beyond that date. And they'll give you different excuses or they'll give you different reasons. Okay, that's what they're going to say. It's reasons, it's not excuses. Uh, and in this case, Gregory, they're saying that because you were denied CPP disability, which, by the way, the majority, well, not the majority, but a lot of people get denied CPP disability, uh, which is why, incidentally, you can appeal that decision. And a large chunk of people who appeal those denials actually get approved afterwards. I think the Toronto Star had uh, uh, an article that they did exactly on this a few months back. Uh, and they had some insane percentages showing that uh, quite a lot of people who appeal CPP disability denials end up getting approved. And insurance companies, you know, they're funny in terms of how they treat CPP disability. If you are denied CPP disability, then they'll use that against you and they'll say, well, you know what, because you were denied, as far as we're concerned, you're not disabled. It has nothing to do with whether or not you can do your own occupation or not, because that's a different test under the LTD policy. Uh, But, you know, if you are approved for CPP disability, well, then they're going to want an offset for that. Remember, we talked about that as well. If you get $2,000 a month from your LTD insurer, and you get approved for CPP disability, and you get a thousand bucks from CPP. You ain't getting three. You're not getting three. You're <laughs> getting still getting two. That's right. uh, but again, there are advantages, and Terry touched on them on why you should be uh, applying for, as well as appealing any CPP de- uh, denials. I'm not talking about appealing LTD denials. Right. Okay, we're going to talk about no. that later. No, no. <laughs> Terry's talking. Don't do that. Uh, but you know, Gregory. Ultimately, if your doctors are saying that you cannot go back to work. I'd like to know exactly what they're saying. Is it your work? Is it any type of work? I'd like to understand a bit more about your situation. But the fact that the insurance company is telling you you're going to get cut off, that's not the end of the game. Let me see the documentation, the denial letter, and I'll tell you with, with fairly, I'll be fairly cer- certain by the time mm-hmm. I, I review the denial letter and the medical documents if you have a case or not. And these cases are not difficult to resolve. That's the other thing I want to stress. Insurance companies are banking on the fact that you're simply going to walk away, walk away from a legitimate claim, because that means that they get to keep all the money that's owed to you. Of course. Terry, I've got a couple minutes left in this. Same before we break, I'll throw this question at you. So, uh, you know, frequently your group life has a disability clause that continues your coverage as long as you're on LTD. Now, is losing that important protection for your family something you should also be Talking to someone like Savannah about? Gosh, yeah. This is the thing about an LTD termination that a lot of people don't know. It can have far-reaching repercussions. And the group life is a perfect example. Now, you're, uh, you're, you might, may or may not have your group life insurance as an integral part of your financial planning for your, right. fam- uh, for your family, should God forbid something happen. Uh, you may have a modest amount or you may have signed up for something like one, two, three times uh, your annual earnings. Uh, regardless, it's something worth fighting for. You wouldn't believe 
the number of times that I got sued on the LTD, nobody ever brought up the group life insurance. I walked away from the table with that money in my pocket. You mean the insurance company? Yes. You were yeah, I was going to say, wow, yes. wait a minute, that's a good gig. <laughs> yes. I'm wearing my insurance hat. That's right. Yeah. No so, kidding, because they don't, they don't, and you've talked about this so many times too, Savannah. I know we'll break here in a second, but, uh, you know, people missing stuff on both sides. They do, they do. And let's break, but when we come back, Terry, if we can just take a step back and you can explain what exactly is group life insurance for people who don't know. Sure. Okay. The number one, 888-990-9646. Email help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. We'll get to more of your emails after we come back as well. And if you haven't checked out the injury calculator, find out what your pain and suffering amount should be, injurycalculator.ca. It's the insurance and injury law show, 640 Toronto. one 990 is the number. It's help at theinsurancelawyer.ca through email to get a hold of Savannah, or a member of his team at the firm as well. Uh, Terry, you were just talking about uh, what people don't realize when they're, uh, you know, cut off LTD, hmm. that it can have far-reaching repercussions. And you mentioned group life insurance. Just define what that is for us, for people out there who don't know what group life insurance is. Group life insurance is something that is generally offered to you as part of the hiring process when you're uh, going into a new job. And depending on what your employer has purchased in terms of an insurance program, you may get a flat amount of insurance or you might be offered options as to the amount of insurance you would like to get. There may be varying uh, ways that it's paid for. Maybe the uh, the uh, employer is paying part of the premium or you got to pay all of it. But at one point, you'll be given a piece of paper and you'll have to put down a beneficiary. And that is your group insurance. Now, when you go on disability and when you're approved for long-term disability, generally speaking, the insurance company will automatically put your group life insurance on what they call waiver of premium. So in other words, you've got the coverage Nobody's paying for it. Everything is connected to your LTD claim. If that LTD claim gets terminated, you've lost all your group life coverage. Not a good thing. Not a good thing at all. And again, it's very important. And also in the context of when you're dealing with injuries, John, this is analogous. The idea is that when you go and seek legal representation, you have a lawyer that's dealing with this claim, you want to make sure that they are claiming for everything that you are potentially going to be losing. That's really the gist of it. Yes. And what you're saying is that when you were on the other side and you were uh, settling claims, oftentimes people walked away whether they understood or did not understand, walked away from a ton of things that otherwise they were entitled to. They just either weren't claimed or weren't negotiated as part of the settlement. Yeah, and it comes down, quite frankly, to the quality of the lawyer you've selected. Mm -hmm. Now, nothing like that's going to happen on your watch, that's for sure. But I've encountered a lot of of lawyers over the years, and uh, they're not all equal. I've seen that as well when I was working for the insurance industry, and I would be getting, you know, sometimes some pretty good settlements. Listen, there's some phenomenal lawyers out there, okay? And sometimes the lawyers were so good that my client ended up paying more than they should have. Right. Uh, But, yes, there are a lot of lawyers out there who simply miss. So, you know, out of 100% compensation that they could have gotten for their client, they would have recovered, let's say, 50%. And no one would be the wiser except for the insurance company who was walking away from the room smiling. Yeah, right. Nice and quiet. Nice and quiet. Don't say a word. Email is help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. The number is one 990 
9646, Jennifer writes in, says my 24-year-old son was hit by a car when he was cycling on a designated bike lane and was rushed to hospital with life-threatening injuries. This happened three months ago. He doesn't have car insurance, and apparently he will need rehab for a very long time. He broke his ankle, several ribs, and had surgery on his neck. He was going to school for mechanical engineering and now won't be able to continue for uh, quite a while. Uh, what can we do? Who, uh, who will pay for the rehab needs, et cetera? So, Jennifer, thank you very much for your email. Uh, we can do a whole, sh- a, a whole show, uh, John, on, on this uh, fact scenario, which is so tragic here, uh, about Jennifer's son. Many people don't know that when you're dealing with an accident between a car and a pedestrian or a car and a cyclist, there is a reverse onus, meaning that uh, the individual who's injured, the pedestrian or the cyclist, doesn't have to prove that the car driver um, was at fault, which is generally the case. In this case, uh, under the law, the car driver has to show why they are not negligent Mm -hmm. in hitting this individual. Now, the concern Jennifer outlines here, we're talking about very severe injuries, uh, broken ankle, ribs, surgery in the neck, etc. He doesn't have car insurance. He's a cyclist. So what's going to happen with all the rehab? Well, again, to go back to a few segments ago, in a car accident situation, someone is going to have insurance. And in this case, it's not the cyclist who was injured. It's the driver or the owner of the vehicle that hit the cyclist. They're going to have insurance. So in this case, who is going to be paying for rehab? Well, it's going to be the insurance company of the vehicle that struck the cyclist. It's going to be offset by any collateral insurance. Let's say the student has uh, uh, benefits through school right. or, you know, if he was working at the time and he has uh, insurance, health insurance uh, for various benefits through work, then those would kick in first. So, you, you, you know, we are dealing with significant injuries here. So there's going to be a lot of money available for his rehab, Jennifer. But I can tell you that at some point, they're going to cut them off. It's just this what happens with insurance. And, you know, this is why I tell people, if you're in that situation, even if you've just applied for these insurance benefits, give us a call, email me, contact me so I can give you the information you need, because at some point, you're going to get cut off. And what about uh, the uh, future compensation, the pain and suffering that he's entitled to? What about what's going to happen with his degree? Is there going to be a delay? Is it going to be altering at some point, uh, potentially, you know, the course of his employment in the future? Very, very important to understand the ramifications of these kinds of accidents and the type of compensation that he could potentially be looking at. And this is why I tell people, of course, deal with the medical side of things first, first and foremost. But contact you know, contact us as soon as you can right after so we can tell you what you need to do from a legal standpoint. One triple eight nine nine zero ninety six forty six is the number. Help at the insurance lawyer.ca as well. And you want to check this out if you never have injurycalculator.ca. Find out what the pain and suffering component of your claim should be. Lots more of the insurance and injury law show coming right up. Global News Radio, six forty Toronto. One triple eight nine nine zero ninety six forty six is the number to get a hold of Savannah. The firm email is help at the insurance lawyer.ca. If you haven't checked it out, mydisabilityquestions.com as well. Take a few minutes while we sit here and chat. And have a look at that. We'll get to an email from Bill. Says my wife was just denied her long-term disability claim because of apparently the insurance company don't think that she's uh, there's anything wrong with her. She's been diagnosed with major depression, and as a regular therapist, she is seeing. She's 36. She's a social worker. She tries to volunteer at a local food bank once a week to get her out of the house, but the insurer says that this is evidence that she can work. What can we do? It's very tough financially without her income. I can only imagine uh, how tough it is, Bill. Uh, you know, and John, I see this time and time again 
families are just devastated financially because of these denials uh, and cutoffs when people who rely on long-term disability don't get what they think they are owed and what the law actually says that they are owed. And, you know, after I'm going to answer this question, I'm going to ask Terry to deal with sort of the issue of psychological types of impairments and illnesses and why is it that it's so difficult for the insurance industry, you know, to come to terms or perhaps, uh, you know, they, they, I would say, are a bit harsher with those kinds of claimants than they are with claimants with physical illnesses and disabilities. Right. So, Bill, let, let me tell you this. Uh, the fact that she's volunteering, that's fantastic. I'm, I'm assuming she's doing that with, with the blessing of her therapist, her doctor. I don't know what kind of therapist she's seeing. Uh, but, you know, I usually tell people who are dealing with psychological issues who are, that are debilitating. And by the way, those kinds of disabilities, psychological, emotional, I mean, they can be more debilitating than sure a physical can. Can uh, issue. Uh, and, and, you know, very, very important to make sure that the proper reports, in-depth reports are provided to the insurer. Uh, they really outline the diagnosis, the treatments, the fact that the individual has been attending treatments regularly, consistently. Uh, and, you know, very, very important to you know, deal with the issue of her volunteering. And if it's not volunteering and it's something else, like going to the gym because the doctor said it's a good idea to go to the gym, it's going to get you better uh, being out of the house, very important to deal with that. Because, you know, oftentimes insurance companies, they'll, they'll use any, insur- any, any excuse in the book mm-hmm. to cut the person off. And listen, sometimes there is a reason for it. I'm sure Terry can regale us with some stories about <laughs> claimants that uh, and claims that were not legitimate, you know, because those do exist. But, you know, in the case of, of Bill and his wife, just by, you know, reading his email and, and listening to what he has to say, clearly mm-hmm. this is not a case where she's just sitting at home trying to collect a paycheck and do absolutely nothing. Better. She's trying to get better, yep. exactly. Uh, so, Terry, if you don't mind, just tell us a bit about, from your perspective, the whole issue of psychological illnesses, disabilities. Why is it so difficult to deal with these claims relative to the physical disabilities that we see day to day? The claims for depression and that sort of thing, Savannah, obviously they're a little, they're a little more subjective than the other types of claims. Because it's not on an x-ray, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's very little you can measure. So one of the things that uh, you you need as an insurance company they should be doing is looking very closely at uh, who's treating you, how frequently mm-hmm. are you getting proper treatment. And you can, you can kind of help your own case by uh, getting as much documentation together, as you mentioned, Savannah, uh, making sure that you're compliant with whatever treatment that they're asking you to, to take. I recommend to people, too, that you go to your pharmacy, get a printout of the drugs you're on, so that mm. at least that, that is something that is more objective, more measurable, but it'll also show that you are under care and you're being compliant from your pharmacy records. But it's uh, it's tough, it's tough. These claims are tough. You need a really good paper trail. So make sure you're getting those reports uh, from your psychiatrist, psychologist, getting them together. Make make up a list of all your appointment dates. It's, uh, I guess in, in legal terms, it's, it's called uh, mitigating, proving right. that you're mitigating your losses. And so just do what you're being told to do by your physicians and flood the insurance company with as much paper as you can, include your pharmacy records. 
it'll help your case. You know, it's interesting you mentioned the pharmacy records yeah. because uh, when we go to a mediation um, where we try and settle the claim, each side has to prepare a mediation memorandum, uh, which is essentially telling the story. I'm telling my client's story, and I'm attaching documentation that supports that story. And one of the things that we do, uh, and I've taught my associates to do, is not only include the pharmacy printouts that show all of the medications and when those were taken, but we actually chart a graph. We actually mm-hmm. do a graph that shows before the illness. This usually applies to car accidents as well as LTD claims. You know, he, here's how uh, frequently the person uh, use Ativan, you know, for, for anxiety or depression or whatever it is you're using. And, you know, here's how uh, it, it slowly increased, right? And, and so you can visually see how many medications and how frequently you're now taking them. And that tells a huge story, right? I mean, yeah, that just does, emphasizes yeah. the point. Uh, so it, it's that's a great that's a great point. Absolutely. We'll take a, a short break. More with Terry. More of your emails coming up. It is help at the insurance The number anytime, of course, one triple eight nine nine zero ninety six forty six. It's the insurance and injury law show. Global News Radio six forty Toronto. One triple eight nine nine zero ninety six forty six. Keep that number with you to get a hold of Savannah. The firm help at the insurance And if you want to find out what the uh, pain and suffering component of your claim should be, the real number. It's really really easy to tool to use. It's online called injurycalculator.ca as well. We'll get an email from uh, from Dylan, writes in, says a year ago, my older brother was denied LTD and he just got so depressed and nothing do- got done about it. He lives with me. He's got a degenerative condition and can't work. His neurologist says that he'll never be able to work. He's 52. Can we do anything about it or is it too late? I've been listening to you and your colleague uh, James for a few weeks now and I'm hoping you guys can help. Well, Dylan, first of all, thanks for reaching out to us. And again, it's an example of someone now helping his brother, right? We Again, yeah. we get a ton of people trying to help relatives, friends, uh, because you're listening to the show and they understand it's not just about you, the listeners, it's about the people you know who may need this help. Uh, now, Dylan, you know, Unlike the the last segment and the email that we were dealing with, we were dealing with a a psychological issue here uh, with Bill's wife. Here we're dealing with a neurological deficit, neurological condition. So presumably we have some objective testing. Now, uh, Dylan, you're saying that uh, he got denied and now he lives with you. Um, You you said it was a year ago. Is it too late? It's not too late to help, okay? Uh, it's it would have been too late to help if it was past the two-year mark from when the person was denied, from when your brother was denied LTD. And that's not to say that we can't have some kind of an argument to try and extend the limitation period. It's extremely difficult. You don't want to be uh, on that end of the stick, uh, that end of the argument, because the insurance companies are going to press really hard to say that your claim is out of time, your legal claim. So you're, you're saying this was a year ago, Dylan. We can help your brother. No question here. I want to see the denial letter. I want to see the medical documentation from the neurologist that says that he cannot work. Uh, And then, you know, we'll spring into action. I mean, we'll start to claim the legal case here ASAP. And I'm telling you, assuming that the medical records, the medical reports confirm that he's unable to work, and I have no reason to question that, uh, there is no reason why we can't get this claim resolved and settled for what should be adequate compensation, proper compensation under the policy to your brother ASAP. one 990 We'll get to, I think I got time for another email here. Blair writes in, says, uh, 
I've been listening to you guys for a while and never thought I'd need to contact you, but now I do. My son was on long-term disability for depression and was recently cut off. I told him to appeal, despite what you say, and he did, and yeah, he was denied. I'm very concerned about the deterioration of his condition. Can you still help if the appeal was rejected? Yes, absolutely, Blair. We can definitely help. And again, remember, I'm not going to say that every appeal is destined to fail. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying, though, is that these appeals, for the most part, in my experience, are useless because you're appealing it to the same people that denied you in the first place. Maybe it's another adjuster that's sitting in the next cubicle. But, you know, Terry, maybe you can enlighten us on this. A lot of people think that, okay, well, why would I call Sivan? They are telling me at the end of that denial letter that I should appeal, just give them some more documentation. Yeah. You were in, on that side. You were working for these insurance companies for yeah. all these decades. Should people appeal these denials? It, it's virtually useless. There are, in the industry, there are some really bad apples out there, too, where you have to appeal your LTD claim like five or six times before it even gets to a second set of eyes. Wow. There there are bad insurers like that out there, I'm telling you up front. But it's like you say, you're, you're saying, it's like knocking on the door, are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> you know, you might pleased. as well be doing yeah. that, yeah. You turn me down. Are, are you sure? So, and, and they'll ask you to appeal again and again and again. And, and you know, when people get frustrated and the families get into more and more debt and they don't know what to do. And at that point, they're thinking, well, why would I call Sivan now? I mean, all hope is lost. Yeah. Because at this point, it's six months later. It's a year later. It's a year and a half later. What can I do? And once you get over two, you're once you done. Get over two, you are clock. done. You yeah. are burning the clock. Right. Exactly. Don't do that. And you know what? Here's the thing. Let's say you want to appeal. Let's say you're ignoring everything you're saying. Still give me a call. Email me. At least we'll tell you what we think you should put in there or how to perhaps structure it. Listen, I've had many situations where somebody was told, uh, you're going to be cut off in a month, two months, three months from now, even longer than that. And we've been able to intercede. We've been able to actually contact the adjuster, lay out the case, and, you know, it's not just a carrot, it's a stick as well. And we've said, yeah. if you are going to cut this person off, proceed with what you were intending to do, you're going to get a claim on your desk the very next day or shortly after. So they're doing a calculation. Does it make sense for them to, in fact, cut the person off? Listen, in some instances, we've been able to avoid cutoffs just by doing that. In other instances, we have situated our client legally in such a way that allowed us to spring into action and we resolve the claim shortly after. So, you know, don't bury your head in the sand. It's not going to do you any favors or your family any favors. Terry Corcoran, thank you for uh, coming by the show again with the uh, wealth of information that you bring every week. It's fantastic, or at least when you can come in anyway. That means it, I just I just nail them down to a weekly show. How about that? <laughs> I'm not a nice guy. Uh, the number is one 9646 Email anytime to get a hold of Savannah. Help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. And if you haven't checked it out yet, the pain and suffering component of your claim, easy to figure out, injurycalculator.ca as well. Till next time, the Insurance and Injury Law Show right here, Global News Radio, 640 Toronto.